Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you will visit the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Naples Illustrated, bringing you ultra, uh, intimate, <laughs> bringing you infinite, I should say, luxury lifestyles. Visit the website naplesillustrated.com. We've got terrific guests for today's show, including Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Seton Motley will be joining us. He is the founder and president of Less Government. Dr. George Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon, replaced both of my knees in 2006. We've since developed a fast friendship, and we'll be talking a little bit about the coronavirus and uh, perspective on that, as well as Naples' past former mayor, Bill Barnett. It'll be interesting. He's out of office out of, as of yesterday, and be interested to get his perspective on what's happening right now as well. It is April the 2nd, and on this day in 1513, near present-day St. Augustine, Florida, Spanish explorer Juan Ponce de Leon came ashore as the, on the Florida coast and claimed the territory uh, for the Spanish crown. Although other European navigators may have sighted the Florida Peninsula before, Ponce de Leon is credited with the first recorded landing and first detailed exploration of the Florida coast. The Spanish explorer was searching for the Fountain of Youth, a fabled water source that was said to bring eternal youth. He named the peninsula he believed to be an island, La Florida, because his discovery came during the time of the Easter feast, Pascua, Florida. In 1521, he returned to Florida in an effort to establish a uh, Spanish colony on the island. However, hostile native Indians attacked, and uh, his expedition soon after landing and the party retreated to Cuba, where he died from a mortal wound suffered during the battle. Successful Spanish colonization of the peninsula finally began at St. Augustine in 1565, and in 1819, the territory passed into U.S. control under the terms of the Florida Purchase Treaty between Spain and the United States. Going all the way back to 1513, Ponce de Leon seeking the Fountain of Youth. Well, Governor Ron DeSantis has now issued a for all Floridians to stay home for the next 30 days and only leave their homes for essential services or activities. Uh, it sounds uh, pretty severe. However, it's not quite as severe as it uh, first sounds. DeSantis made the announcement yesterday during a press conference in Tallahassee and said the order will go into effect at new, uh, midnight on Friday. He previously resisted issuing any kind of stay-at-home order, but said on Wednesday he decided to issue the order when President Trump extended the national social distancing guidelines for an additional 30 days. Even with that assumption, the model on Wednesday was forecasting that COVID-19 cases will peak on May the 2nd, and Florida will see nearly 7,000 deaths by August the 4th. Under the order, DeSantis said people will be allowed to engage in essential activities but should stay at home otherwise. Essential activities in the order uh, include a broad range of activities such as attending religious services, participating in recreational uh, activities, like walking, running, biking, hiking, hunting, fishing, or swimming, taking care of pets, and caring for family members or friend. The list of the approved essential activities can be expanded by state officials. Local gatherings or any group of more than 10 people are not allowed in a public space, and the order calls local governments to enforce the order to ensure groups of people remain under 10. So it's not so severe, is it? Cuyahoga County confirmed its first three cases of the virus on March the 11th. Since then, the number has increased substantially. Well, 158 cases out of 350,000 people. I don't know how if that's increasing substantially, but it's increased. In Cuyahoga County, 17 are being, have been hospitalized, and one person in the county has died from the virus. The latest from Florida Department of Health is that 7,773 is a total number of confirmed cases, 101 deaths so far in Florida, 990 hospitalized, and 68,336 total tests. So there you have it, coronavirus in Florida, and now Florida, I'm not going to call it a lockdown, but stay-at-home order from the uh, governor.
Of course, stocks sank yesterday as uh, Wall Street kicked off the second quarter on a sour note amid concerns. The coronavirus will keep the economy shut down longer than expected. The Dow closed down 973 points, or 4.4% to 20,943. Futures are up now, which is nice to see, but not to that degree, up about, well, 400 as as we're speaking right now. Uh, President Trump said the uh, Tuesday evening yes, that uh, we're in for a very, very painful two weeks and expects uh, projected the, the deaths between 100 and 240,000 virus deaths in the uh, U.S. So uh, kind of a dour prediction right now. Having one of the few European countries in the uh, world would not impose a coronavirus lockdown, Sweden is now about to abandon its liberal approach to surging in deaths. Up till now, Sweden has kept schools, bars, restaurants, cinemas open while restricting gatherings over 50 people. People were encouraged to observe social distancing measures, but there are no quarantine protocols enforced, and it's turned out to not worked out so well. So perhaps we could learn a lesson from Sweden. Apparently, death rates are now going up dramatically. And on uh, the international note also, uh, this, according to Italy's coronavirus death toll, on reevaluation by the National Institute of Health, only 12% of the death certificates have shown a direct casualty from coronavirus. That's from Professor Ricciardi, a scientific advisor to the Italy Health Minister. Only 12%. So perhaps there's a little hysteria going on in the numbers that we're looking at. And also, the U.S. intelligence community has concluded that China concealed the extent of the Wuhan virus outbreak in the country. A classified report submitted to the White House states that China intentionally lowered its report numbers. Uh, uh, this is according to three officials who are familiar with the matter. The officials did not indicate if the report estimates what China's actual infection rate is. China could have prevented 95% of the coronavirus infections if it had acted sooner to stem the outbreak, according to one study. U.S. officials and lawmakers have repeatedly accused China of covering up the extent of the outbreak. On Tuesday, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo urged fellow uh, nations to be transparent about the information. Uh, sharing regarding the coronavirus. Uh, now, the Wuhan-based doctor who first raised the alarm over the coronavirus outbreak in China has reportedly gone missing. Uh, this is I, her name is AI, rose to fame as the first doctor to notice the cluster of patients with intense flu-like symptoms. Well, she's now gone missing uh, and uh, for the last few days. And it's important to the uh, Chinese, the Communist Party, to show a united front in handling the coronavirus outbreak. You may recall the, uh, I don't know if you saw Chernobyl, but there was a united face. And even in the de- denying all the facts that were sh- demonstrating that Chernobyl was a, a disaster, well, this is what's happened with the Communist Party. This is what happens with uh, propaganda, and they're just simply trying to convince the people of uh, the of united front of the Communist Party. It's turned out to backfire. It's hurt the people in China. It's hurt people all over the world. Now, the World Health Organization, or WHO, W-H-O, spends twice as much on travel as it does on medical supplies, according to its most recent financial report. They've been warned about this before. 8% of WHO's budget in 2018 went to travel expenses, while just 4% went to medical supplies and materials of uh, total travel expenditure, only 45% was for staff travel. The rest was incurred for non-staff travel, mainly for meeting participants nominated by member states. The WHO's travel expenditures have faced scrutiny in the past. WHO's the health arm of the United Nations, and they've really cozied up with China. Uh, the organization's leadership has echoed the Chinese government talking points on the virus, providing ammunition for the communist regime in its propaganda war. Republican uh, Senator Rick Scott, our former governor and now senator for uh, Florida, on Tuesday called for a congressional investigation into whether the WHO, World Health Organization, helped China's communist government cover up the virus. The senators also called for congressional hearings on whether the United States should continue funding the uh, United Nations World Health Organization. The U.S. contributes nearly 15% of their annual budget. 
they need to be held accountable for their role in promoting misinformation and helping communist China cover up a global pandemic, said Scott. I think he's absolutely right about that. But I don't know if you've noticed that all these investigations that come from Congress end up with uh, little to show for it. Now, within hours of President Trump's decision to restrict travel from China on January the 31st, top Democrats and media figures began deriding the president as a move that was unnecessary and xenophobic, and now they're beating a hasty retreat from that position as the coronavirus continues to ravage the economy based on scores of deaths. Democratic uh, presidential contender Joe Biden led the way, quickly attacking what he called Trump's record of hysteria, xenophobia, and fear-mongering. <laughs> and then the, uh, he, uh, uh, the president said, hey, I, Biden called me a xenophobic, or that I am xenophobic. He called me a racist because of the fact that he felt that was a racist thing to do to, to uh, stop people from China coming in. Well, now they're singing a different tune, aren't they? Because right now the Nancy Pelosi says hey, the president is like Nero with a fiddle, fiddling while people die. So disingenuous, so uh, such so much deceit. It's just unbelievable. Uh, this is not a time to bicker, California Democrat Governor Gavin Newsom said Wednesday. Let's just be candid with you. I would be lying to you if I said that Trump hasn't been responsive to our needs. He has. And so, sort of a, an offer of objectivity, I have to acknowledge that publicly, he said. And others have done that as well. So, again, Nancy Pelosi and others, this is not a time to make political attacks uh, on the president. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Naples Illustrated, bringing you infinite luxury lifestyles. The website is naplesillustrated.com. Okay, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Keith Law, the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards with six full productions this season. But did you know that Gulf Shore Playhouse brings unique theater education programs and opportunities for children, teens, and adults alike? Education is a vital component of Gulf Shore Playhouse's mission, providing programs aimed at enriching the lives of our children, teens, and students of all ages. Each offering provides real-life skills and learning experiences that are invigorating, nurturing, and readily accessible to every member of our community thanks to the scholarships and reduced-price programming for our region's most deserving students. From in-school residencies and pre-professional theater training to community partnerships, audience engagement, and student matinees. The goal is to inspire creativity, encourage self-expression, and support the blossoming of self-confidence, collaboration, and a deep appreciation for the arts. With each passing year, Golf Show Playhouse continues to touch the lives of tens of thousands of students throughout Southwest Florida. Isn't it time that a young person in your life finds out more? For more information about student camps and the Teen Conservatory, visit the website golfshoreplayhouse.org. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. 
And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. And, of course, because of the coronavirus, uh, the last two performances, productions of the season, were canceled. But we got a great season lined up for next year, and I hope you'll go to the website and check it out, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with the Naples past mayor, uh, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Keith Flaw. Keith is the co-founder of a terrific organization really benefiting all of us. It's called the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, the Florida Citizens Alliance is a grassroots organization. Uh, we focus uh, well over 100 groups. We have more than 60,000 people now in our active uh, uh, lists. Um, we focus on K through 12 education reform, and uh, you know what that means to us. Obviously, uh, was getting rid of Common Core, which we've now made some some very positive steps towards, um, thanks to the governor DeSantis, and also uh, really re- returning to uh, to uh, what we would characterize as a classical conversation or a classical education. So, um, some good things uh, potentially happening. Uh, this uh, coronavirus is a tragedy and a challenge for all of us, but um, and on, on one bright side of that equation is the fact that parents are now spending more time with their kids. They have an opportunity to actually pay attention to what their kids are being taught. So, yeah. Um, so you, you'd, you'd, be, you'd be aware of this. Is there some sort of, are, are they using the same curriculum that they were using in school class, but they're simply using it on, on a remote basis? Uh, yes, uh, I, I can't speak for every county. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, uh, I, I spent some time on on uh, Collier County's website. Their distance learning. Um, there were four, according to the D, uh, my my contacts at the Florida DOE. There were four counties that were really in pretty good position to to to, to uh, handle online t- teaching, um, and and Collier County was one of them. Hmm. But when you go look at the content, the, I mean, the content is is the same content they were teaching before. Including social emotional learning, which uh, is, we're certainly not a fans of. We just don't think schools should be teaching behaviors. Uh, we think they should be teaching the basics of, and particularly in this time, you know, when it's it's, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's pretty much this. Uh, from our, our perspective, it's pretty much the same content. Yeah. So this, it seems to me, this is a terrific opportunity for for. Uh, evolution or evolving of the uh, system. We've been stuck in bricks and mortar for so long, and the same uh, process for, t- for uh, schooling. Actually, we've had less innovation in education just than just about any other sector of our economy. Uh, d- do you see a movement towards more homeschooling or greater interest at this point? Uh, we clearly think there should be. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, this is proving that the old bricks and mortar um, Factory, I call it factory-driven education model that we've had for well over 100 years is uh, is no longer relevant. And and as parents now are um, basically being forced to engage with their kids in uh, you know what their kids are learning and mm-hmm. thinking about what their kids should be learning, uh, we see that as a big opportunity. Uh, we're seeing anecdotally on Facebook and Twitter right now that more and more parents are, have become concerned about the the content. And in some cases, uh, shocked by the age-inappropriate material. So, um, we just encourage parents uh, to take advantage of this opportunity. Spend the time with your kids. Focus on what they're what they're being taught. And uh, and there's some really really great oppor- uh, alternatives out there. Yeah, uh, I think we've talked on your show before about uh, classical conversations, which is a classical-based, faith-based education uh, complete curriculum. And uh, I'm, I'm sitting here online staring at their website. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look at uh, the SAT scores for the students who graduate through that classical conversations, I mean, they're significantly better than in both math and reading. Uh, ACT scores, I mean, the, the math and science scores are 20% better for classical conversations than they were for the average student to... Uh, Going, you know, going through public school. Yeah, now this and English and reading, it's it's almost four percent. So there's some amazing uh, resources out there that parents can start to look at, and they don't have to be stuck. Uh, you know, school has now been dismissed through May first. Uh, my crystal ball is no better than anybody else, and I hope we're back. Out, uh, you know, we're coming out of this by the end of May. But I think it 
it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense to send these kids back to school for three or four weeks. So we're likely going to be out of school all the way through till August, would be my guess. Yeah. So uh, the uh, this is not Hillsdale College. The Classical Conversations is a separate type of program. Uh, you break it up a little bit, Bob. I'm not sure I understood that question. Well, no, I'm sorry. Uh, then the this is not through Hillsdale College. Then Classical Conversations is a separate company. Yeah, so Classical Conversations. Uh, you, uh, folks can go online uh, to classicalconversations.org. It's an international organization, but they're very, uh, you know, very focused on U.S. education, um, and it's just a uh, it's a classical education system. So. Um, you know that's one example, and it is different than the, than the the Hillsdale model. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in in some specifics, but the content is very similar. Yeah. Another really good organization conversations with uh, uh, our, our Project Freedom, which again is, uh, um, I mean, they, they have an annual program that they offer to students that's all online, um, and again, significantly better results. Yeah, with without the indoctrination, with, with, you know, without the classical or the uh, common core content, that frankly is still in our schools. Yeah. Uh, we, we got rid of the standards, but it's going to take us a couple years to get rid of those textbooks and to get teachers retrained, and so students are still going to be uh, being taught uh, common core stuff. Yeah, uh, for the next year or two. Yeah, no, no question. I see this as a great opportunity. And needless to say, this is a horrible, horrible thing that we're going through right now. But uh, one of the good things that could come out of this is a transformation of the education, uh, public education system, not only in Florida but across the nation. You think here in Collier County, and I just repeat this: we spend one point one billion dollars. That's the largest expense in Collier County for public education. Most people are indifferent to what's happening. Uh, the result are very poor. I think one statistic I recall is 58% of kids in the fifth grade can read at grade level, which is just appalling. And yet uh, the, grade, the, the schools themselves in many cases are rated A and B and so forth. So uh, here's a great opportunity to, for, for families to become more engaged with education, perhaps more homeschooling, whatever it might be. But uh, again, Parents being involved in the process is just absolutely critical. Now, before I let you go, I know that you wanted to make a comment about Hope Scholarships. Yeah, uh, as parents become more and more concerned about this content and the age inappropriate, uh, they really are um, eligible for this this Hope Scholarship uh, that Florida uh, that Florida now has legally for for parents. So, you know, all you really have to do is is document that concern. Um, on a one uh, on a single notification form that you can get from the state, uh, we just uh, created a hope hotline. Um, it, it's literally eight three three FL four kids, and uh, we encourage people to go listen to that uh, hotline. Uh, if you have further questions, you you can be connected to a live person, um, and and. Uh, better understand the opportunity, but it really is a simple way for you to get a scholarship to send your child to a private school versus back to these public schools. Yeah. So uh, it's a big opportunity, and we encourage parents to check it out. Uh, more information available on the website, goflca.org, goflca.org. Keith, appreciate all the work that you do on behalf of uh, citizens here in, in Florida and Cuyahoga County. appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Take care, Bob. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Blue 
Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Do you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity? Maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. Well, of course, this is after all this coronavirus business is over. You can find out more about visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with, uh, with the past mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Tell us about Less Government. We exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and we'd like to do it without a virus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're seeing uh, the power encroachment uh, as a result of through martial law here. It's a scary time. I hope that all of this stuff, like like the tide, tends to go lower after the uh, coronavirus is over. Unbelievable. Yeah, unfortunately, I was talking about this like, okay, we shut down for two months, and then it takes two months to come back. That's not how it's going to work. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a long-term damage we've done to the economy. It's very upsetting. It is upsetting indeed. Well, you've written about this. You're, you're saying that right now, because of this coronavirus and what's going on, that uh, 5G Internet is even more important. Maybe you can tell us about it. Well, you know, I, I, I inadvertently wrote a three-part series last three Mondays about uh, I, two weeks ago, I predicted that, you know, with all these people going home to go to work, our Internet network will handle it. We have built up a... a, a, a a bunch of networks that are strong enough and fast enough to handle the additional strain. Uh And sure enough, to this point, we haven't had any problems. Uh, Then last Monday, a week ago, uh, the European Union had freaked out and had had to ration bandwidth and reduce it by 25% Mm. because they can't handle the strain. And so this Monday, two days ago, three days ago, I wrote why that is, and it's because they have stupid regulations like net neutrality that have jammed them up and gummed them up and slowed investment and slowed speeds, and they had to reduce, you know, all the video providers, uh, Netflix, YouTube, Facebook, switched to had to back off from high definition to standard definition to reduce the strain on the network. Well, that's kind of all looking at the at the hard line, the, the wired uh, connections, the wireless is going to be even more important as we come out of this insane, stupid shutdown. Um, because, as we discussed, 
not only because, you know, first of all, even the connections that we talked about. Seton, you're breaking up a little bit. Solely wired connections. Some, some of it travels over wireless. Vice versa, when you're wireless, some of it travels over wired. And so it's, it's a big mishmash of connection, connectivity. But the 5G thing, we've talked about this before, you know, we're going to look for ways to get out of this hole we've done for ourselves by shutting down the economy. And we were in the midst of, before the virus curtain fell on the planet, we were racing with communist China to get the 5G, fifth generation wireless first. Uh, if you look on your cell phone, I'm, I'm, I've had iPhones forever. If you look in the upper right corner of the iPhone, it says 4G. And that's the fourth generation wireless network we've built, 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G. Mm-hmm. Well, the jump from 4 to 5 is going to be bigger than all the jumps from 1 to 4 combined. And it's going to, it's going to give you like 1 to 2 gigabits of speed download per second to your phone, which is faster than any connection we have currently under normal commercial, you know, private citizen uh, connections. Huh. It's going to be insanely fast and insanely strong. The, the Internet of Things is going to... Internet of Things is... Everything in the Internet is going to be connected. Seton, you're uh, breaking up a little bit, if, if it's possible. Move closer to a window or something like that. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. Can you hear me? That's better now, yes. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah, no problem. And so everything's going to be connected. You're driving your car. The car's going to be connect- talking to the street. The street's going to be talking to the street light. The street light's going to be talking pedestrian light, and it's going to it's going to accept all kinds of amazing new things. Well, that's a lot of data collected. That's a lot of information on everybody doing everything. Uh, the way the world works is if you oh, the U.S. has gotten to the next generation wireless first every time. Yeah. As a result of that. We get to set the global standards. That's a national security imperative, and that's an economic imperative. Right now in the race to 5G, there's only two countries in the race, us and China, and we don't want them setting the global standards. As we're learning yet, as we, as we, gee, shocker, find out, they started the Wuhan virus, they lied about the Wuhan virus, they didn't tell us all, they didn't disclose about the Wuhan virus. We don't want that country running 5G. No, we don't. So, so the, we're, we're, as we come out of this economic shutdown, that's a huge investment driver is getting to 5G, and we need to make sure that we get there. You know, we, we continue that progress. We're, we're ahead of China now, and we need to stay there. Absolutely. Seton Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit the website, uh, lessgovernment.org, lessgovernment.org. You'll find the column right there. Also, you can follow Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Dr. George Markovich. He's an orthopedic surgeon. Uh, actually, he replaced both of my knees in 2006, for which I'm everlastingly grateful. He has some interesting perspectives on what's happening with coronavirus and the economy. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For the best in food and drink as well as great live entertainment, go to the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar. Formerly known as Weekend Willie's, the Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar has terrific new local owners offering a great new upscale decor and a fabulous new menu. Linda and I are weekly regulars to hear live blues, but you can stop by anytime for great food and drink, to watch your favorite sporting event, or to hear great live entertainment five nights a week. The Dog 2 Sports and Music Bar is located at 5310 Shirley Street, just off Pine Ridge Road, and it's open from 11 a.m. until close every day. Visit the website dogtoothnaples.com or call 431-7004. That's 431-7004. I hope we'll see you there. Do 
Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can find out more by visiting the website, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with past mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Dr. George Markovich. Dr. Markovich is an orthopedic surgeon. He replaced both of my knees for in 2006. Before that, he spent a couple of years just keeping me out of pain as I went through the process of discovering my knees needed to be replaced, and uh, I'm so grateful that he did. Dr. Markovich, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Good morning. Good morning. So, Dr. Markovich, here we are in the midst of this coronavirus uh, epidemic right now, and uh, you're a medical practitioner. I know that you're seeing patients. I just would appreciate your perspective on what's going on. Uh, Certainly. Um, So, Bob, in the short intro, and you know me, I was in the Navy before this, and I used to actually order supplies on the hospital ship that's in New York Harbor right now. Wow. And uh, before that, having trained in Los Angeles and in inner city and having practiced for over 30 years, I am intimately involved in infectious diseases. I think about it every day. Mm. So, you know, there's certain fundamental principles in terms of the spread of an epidemic or a pandemic. And the first phase is a slow accumulation of new cases often undetectable, especially in this uh, novel type of virus, a coronavirus. The second phase is rapid growth in cases of infection, disease, and death, and that's what we're entering. And then eventually there's a slowdown of the transmission uh, because there's a depletion of susceptible individuals, and that's how these things end, at least the first wave, and the second and third waves are much less impactful. So, you know, when you think about how these things work, they work logarithmically, and uh, it's really how the healthcare workers can take care of a rapid and voluminous influx of patients, and that's the challenge. And my colleagues have been unbelievable. They're unbelievable every day, you know, and now I see them and I see me, you know, some of my friends and colleagues wear bandanas and ski goggles because there's no mask, and they run towards the problem. And, and so it, it's a very big challenge that physicians face every day, and especially now because of the numbers. <clears throat> so coronavirus, uh, COVID-19, kills about 13% of patients over 80. We have statistics. We don't know sometimes with the modeling whether the modeling are good or not, but we know after things happen how to collect data mm-hmm. it's, uh, in terms of plausible findings. You can't believe anything that comes out of China. Mm-hmm. Uh, that data, in my view, is worthless. But we know from Italy and UK and, and our experience that about 13% of patients over 80 will succumb to this illness. If you're in your 40s, there's about a 0.3%. And in your 60s, there's about a 4%. Now, those are higher than you want it to be, but mm-hmm. you look at the other way around, and if you stay away from the viral burden in terms of social distancing and, and not being in an unfortunate hot spot where there's a lot of it around, <clears throat> you can minimize your risks, and you can augment your immune system and overcome this challenge. 
and that's what most of us will do until herd immunity, until we get exposed enough where our immune system does what it's designed to do and keep us alive. So is that what's, is that, ahead, is that what's going to happen? In other words, will we, uh, uh, over time, for those that get it and have a, they become, quote-unquote, asymptomatic, don't have an a, a illness, don't experience an illness, that this will actually build up resistance to the, uh, to the virus? Absolutely. And that's what has to happen. Mm-hmm. And what's novel about this is that in this family of viruses, which are some of the simplest organisms, this, it's the simplest virus. It's the first one that I learned about in medical school. Uh, it's, it's a new strain of RNA, so that we ha- none of us have developed immunity before it hit three months ago. Mm-hmm. And so that's the process that has to happen so that society uh, moves on. Yeah. So, Doctor, uh, do you feel safe? I mean, are you, are you seeing patients? So what's, what's happening? We're on an emergency-only basis. Uh, we're, we're taking care of people that, that need to be taken care of, where they break their bones or they have uh, problems uh, that need immediate attention. Um, but our elective schedule has been put on hold because the uh, ventilators, the gowns, the gloves, the, everything that we usually need has to be diverted into the front lines mm-hmm. uh, to take care of these huge amount of people. And, and here, Bob, is important. Ventilators are pumps. They're, they're not sophisticated pieces of medical equipment. But what is important is choosing who gets the vent, making the settings correct so that you don't blow out people's lungs, and provide the ventilatory support that they need to go beyond this cytokine storm that makes it impossible for certain people to breathe. Mm -hmm. And so that doesn't happen by itself. You need trained people that know how to intubate. I haven't intubated somebody since my Navy days. You know, I wouldn't be very good at it right now. Mm -hmm. I could do it, but there are people that are much better than I am that need to be there to help people in need. And um, I'm afraid that in certain areas that those people are going to get sick mm-hmm. and they're not going to be able to do what they need to do and mm-hmm. that's going to be a significant factor. And so um, I think that we need to be realistic. We need to put the supplies and the resources where they need to be and we need to be ready for this. But I will tell you this, Bob, I'm kind of angry that this started in the first place. Mm-hmm. This is the third epidemic, pandemic that uh, arose from a certain part of the world. That part of the world has been in contact with me for 15 years, inviting me to do talks and uh, showering me with uh, false, uh, you know, accolades. Uh, and, and some people succumb to this. China is a problem in the world, mm-hmm. and we need to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. We need to be, move beyond this emergency, and we need to be strengthened as a country with principled resolve so that we can move beyond this and other problems that confront us. So as a medical professional, and you're seeing what's going on, you're seeing the president and the decisions he's making, of course, Florida yesterday, uh, our governor made a decision to, it's not really a lockdown by any means when you when you read the fine print it's you know it's just no more gatherings greater than 10 but my my question is really this you know we're trying to balance the economy and the economic you know moving forward with regard and with our health care needs our public health care needs what are your thoughts my thoughts are we need to look at this scientifically and unemotionally and three million people a year die in this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 2017 data, that's the last data. <clears throat> this will be essentially <clears throat> something that's horrific and catastrophic, but will probably add an extra month to that number mm-hmm. and no more. It won't be, when it's all said and done, in the top 10 of what kills people in normal life. Mm-hmm. And that's the statistics. Are you going to disassemble everything that this country is all about for that reality? And I don't think you should. 
Yeah. So <clears throat> I think we need to persevere. We need to strengthen our resolve. We need to do our best to take care of ourselves. This could be a uh, public health discussion so that people can get healthier lives. But the truth is that people who were more likely to die anyway are going to succumb to this illness. Yeah. And um, I think that the health ramifications of an economic depression in terms of suicides, heart attacks, anxiety, uh, stress-related illnesses will make the coronavirus look uh, very small in terms of impact. Yeah, the, the major impact right now is we have 3 million people that are going to their unemployment offices looking for a check, you know, right now. And it's just really, the difficulty we have is, I mean, what I would like to see is I'd like to say business owners make good decisions. Everybody's concerned about their own personal health. We have a selfish personal interest in maintaining our personal health. So just encourage people to make good decisions in running their businesses, maintain social distancing and that kind of thing. But I just, for the life of me, don't think it's wise to shut down the economy right now. Uh, we, we need to get back to work. True, but not yet. Uh, I think that we are in the second phase of rapid growth, and, you know, disease and death, these, these things work a certain way. Mm-hmm. So y- the impact you're talking about is absolutely true and probably be, will be with us for several months because there will be other waves. So the restaurants aren't going to be able to sit as many people as they did before. People mm-hmm. have to have more distance between them uh, <clears throat> and, and things of that nature. That's going to be worked out. Mm-hmm. But right now, the emergency people have to do what they need to do. People do have to stay away from the most of the areas where there's viral burden. A lot of sick, it's like poison. The more poison you have or landmines you have, the more likely it is it's going to hit you. And so right now for the next couple of weeks, it's not a bad idea to hunker down. Yeah. But beyond that, we got to be ready to take the bull by the horns and get back to life and and learn from this experience. Yeah. Dr. George Markovich, again, my orthopedic surgeon. So happy to have you as my surgeon. You did a great job for me. And for anybody that's suffering from joint pain or having difficulty, I encourage you to give the good doctor a call at 4825399. 4825399. And even though this is time where perhaps you're only doing essential emergency types of surgery, you certainly can have a conversation and, and get the process started. 4825399. Dr. George Markovich, Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Bill Barnett. He just uh, retired as our mayor here in Naples. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you or a family member suffer from chronic pain in your knees, hips, or shoulders? Joint pain can be a nagging and serious problem requiring expert and compassionate care. I know I'm Bob Harden, the host of The Bob Harden Show. Until 2006, I was suffering debilitating pain and deformity in my knees. I couldn't enjoy biking or golf or even sleep without chronic pain as a constant companion. Thanks to Dr. George Markovich and the professional staff at the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, my pain is gone, and I'm back to doing the activities I enjoy with no pain. I have a lifestyle I can only imagine. Imagine prior to knee surgery, and you can too. Call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. They will thoroughly evaluate your condition, provide personalized, state-of-the-art treatment, and help you relieve your pain and get back to your active lifestyle. At the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, your care will be professionally managed through every phase of your recovery. For an initial consultation, call the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine, located off Tamiami Trail in Bonita Springs at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to BobHarden at Hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasant 
pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-389 or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. And you could find out more by visiting the website thefga.org. We have with us former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Mr. Mayor, thank you. For, you know, you'll always be Mr. Mayor to me. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks, Bob. I always enjoy uh, being on your show for all these years. Yeah, and you know, uh, Tuesday, was it Tuesday was your last or last day as mayor? Or maybe it was, was it yesterday, I guess, was your last well, day? Well, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 uh, Tuesday um, was, was technically the last day because yesterday was the, uh, was the swearing in so, um, of, the, of, the, uh, of the new council. Well, you've you've always been a great friend, and so I needed to say I'm concerned about how you're processing this processing this whole thing. But any observations on the change of quote unquote power in Naples? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's hard to tell after after one meeting. Uh, there was a there was a little bit of confusion down there. Needless to say, you have three, four new members basically with the the mayor and the three council members, and uh, um, everybody wanted to get their their two cents worth in yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they ran a pretty long meeting. I think they went to probably, it was pretty close to 3 o'clock. Um, and um, I don't think I've ever done that on, on the first swearing-in day because usually it's formalities. But with all that's going on, and then, of course, the governor, you know, declaring that, uh, um, uh, I call it stay-at-home, yeah. uh, order yesterday, you know, everybody's scrambling because they kind of knew, we knew it was coming yesterday, Um, and um, uh, they were trying to get certain things, when when to have meetings, when not to, and everything else, but I think they did a pretty good job yesterday. So, uh, but they did meet, they're they're in the council chambers and uh, having the meeting, which is a kind of an interesting thing, because a lot of folks are trying to do distance types of meetings. Yeah, I mean, they 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 did a good, you know, relatively good job yesterday. Good, that's nice to say hear. that. They 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 about drove the city manager nuts, though. I think he was ready to have a have a definitely a few Tito's last night, <laughs> without a doubt. <laughs> and why is that? Why is that, Bill? Well, because you know they they wanted they wanted the ethics thing on the August ballot. They wanted uh, the to talk about Cultural Boulevard. They wanted to talk about the vision plan. They, it was just like, um, guys and gals, you know, that's just not going to happen. We've got a pandemic out here. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you have to you have to kind of ease into this, and nothing's going to happen overnight. But they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. So, uh, you know, any observations on the pandemic itself? And then in Naples, uh, I think things are pretty well contained. Well, you, you know, um, I seriously think that, that the Folks in Naples are, are doing a, um, we're doing a, a, a very good job. Um, you know, once you close the beaches and everything, of course, they're still having to get pe- people off the beaches because it's hard for them to understand if they don't know. Yeah. You know that they just can't be on the beaches. And um, but I I think that you know we we and Collier um, and and maybe even Lee are are pretty fortunate. Um, and I think people are listening to the social distancing and and everything else. So. Yeah. I'm hoping the next 30 days, or as long as keeping this order in place, will will make a big difference with the curve. And although you look at that, there are still things. To, I mean, you know, you can still go to to to, to different places. You know, pharmacy, uh, food store, essential. There are a lot of essential things, and you can still take take you know your dinner out at night. Which, by the way, um, we we were curious, knowing what a gourmet cook you are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing? What have you and Linda been doing for dinners at night? I, I really need to know this. Well, you know, we 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 want to support our club, so we actually do a, a once a week at least. We do uh, get an order out from uh, from our club. Uh, then uh, Whole Foods seems to be the major supply of food in our home right now. So. Uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, we. <laughs> so, how, how about it? How about in your household? And I were, we we were really concerned that you guys are going to be starving. <laughs> <laughs> so, how are you folks doing? Oh, uh, we're we're doing fine because you know, I mean, well, I like to cook, and uh, so I, I'm we. We do a little takeout. We took out from Bistro Way Twenty One the other night, which was excellent, by the way. Uh-huh. And um, uh, we we kind of spread it around, you know. Uh, I mean, let's face it; you're not going out partying, um, and you can't go out to your favorite restaurant. So we've 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 been doing okay. We pick and choose a pizza one night, and uh, uh, you know maybe something else the next. But uh, we're 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 doing fine. You know, I I read through the governor's uh, you know his stay at home order, and for the entire state, and uh, I said to myself when I first heard about it, I said, "Oh no, is this really necessary?" But then I read through the limitations. There's, I, I, it literally doesn't change anything in terms of my own personal behavior before and after the order, because I'm. You're so, right. I mean, was, I'm still doing social distancing like I have in the past. So I mean, our, our, unfortunately, our club decided to close, and that's disappointing. But aside from that. Uh, they didn't have to. As I read through the thing, the golf courses, for example, could stay open. Yeah, yeah. So, like you said, <clears throat> when I looked at the, the Cuyahoga Counties the other day, when they were proposing it, but I mean, they, they didn't. <clears throat> excuse me, they didn't do it, but they were. It was. It was pretty similar to that. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. So, but you know, the big big concern is we have to get business, gonna have to get this engine going again to for people to go out and earn a living. And to you know, it's just really I feel so bad for the people that are living paycheck to paycheck right now. The people that are concerned. Well, so so do I, and I'm. I think that at least there'll be some relief coming with those checks. Yeah, Uh, the the you know which which I think was a. was a really really good move. Now, of course, you know there are going to be people that are going to be trying that the scammers are out already. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh, I do know. Absolutely. Anytime you got public money being thrown around like that, it's 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 uh, bound to happen. But uh, yeah, I'm, I would guess right now that the unemployment offices are they're probably their websites are crashing. I mean, I can't imagine the uptick in the amount of activity right now is just going to be unbelievable. I would guess, even though they want these checks to go out, there's going to be a number of people that have to wait quite a bit of time. Yeah. Well, well the question for you today, and I'll let you go, is um, can I apply for uh, unemployment? <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, I honestly don't know the name. Know the answer. I, I, listen, <clears throat> I lost my job. Okay? <laughs> and I mean, I can say I'm looking. I don't know how many mayor's jobs there are out there, but geez, everybody else does it, Bob. Well, I tell you, I tell you what, Bill, it's worth a shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Keep you informed. Uh, you know what? I just genuinely appreciate your sense of good humor right now, Bill. Thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Hey, you have have a good week, and I'm sorry you can't get out there on the links because today's a gorgeous day. But you can you can uh, you can do it virtually. There you go. Thank you so much. Have Bill. a good one. You have a great week too. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I just want to do a little shout-out for uh, our advertisers. I uh, just really appreciate the support. Of course, we can't do the show unless we have uh, advertisers, and uh, they're sticking with us, and I appreciate it so much. So I hope you'll, for example, uh, Blue Provence uh, has a, a wine business, and you can, uh, I know they're open during the mornings, during the weekdays, and uh, you can stop by. They have, well, one of the uh, wine spectators' top choices for wine collections here in the world. So you can go by Blue Provence and and uh, yeah, get some get some wine. So and also take out as well. So again, there are different ways that different businesses can be supported. Johnson's Air Conditioning, uh, Naples Illustrated. Uh, all of our advertisers, I hope you'll consider supporting them. Hope you'll join us tomorrow. Uh, we're going to visit with Art DiLorenzo. Uh, uh, we're going to visit. Art is a uh, the owner. Former, he's a business associate I've had since 1970. 
But in addition to that, now he runs a, a new business, uh, Maximize Your Talent. We'll visit with uh, William Yateman. He is a research fellow with the Cato Institute. Sharon Kenny is the author of Where Should We Eat? She does a lot of journalism and writing about travel, entertainment, and dining. It'd be interesting to get her thoughts on what's happening with the travel business. And Dave Bigo, the author of The Devil at Our Doorstep, will be with us as well. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harton Show on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharton.com. <laughs>